welcome to episode 109 of George's Random Astronomical Object. Every episode, I run a random number generator to select random astronomical coordinates in the sky, and I then search for an astronomical object near those coordinates and talk about what makes objects so interesting to astronomers. So let's now run the random number generator. The coordinates for this episode are 19 hours, 21 minutes, 31.6 seconds right ascension, and plus 43 degrees, 17 minutes, 35 seconds declination. These coordinates point to the star Kepler-138, which is a rather dim red dwarf about 0.57 times the mass of the Sun, located at 218.9 light-years or 67.1 parsecs from the Earth in the constellation Lyra. People who know a little bit about astronomy might guess that the star is named after Johannes Kepler, the 17th century astronomer who developed the mathematics describing how planets orbit the Sun. That guess would be incorrect. This star is not named after him, or at least it's not named directly after him. People who know a little bit more about astronomy might guess that this star is named after the Kepler spacecraft which was named after Johannes Kepler and which has been used to search for exoplanets orbiting other stars. That guess would be correct. Given this information, some people might guess that this star has an exoplanet orbiting it. That guess would also be correct, although in a way, it's only partly correct. So to backtrack a little, the Kepler spacecraft was launched in 2009 and it was designed very specifically to search for exoplanets. Since directly imaging planets in orbit around other stars is extremely hard, Kepler uses a different technique to find exoplanets. It monitored the brightnesses of stars very closely and waited for the brightnesses of these stars to drop slightly, which would indicate that an exoplanet was passing between the star and Earth. The spacecraft had to watch these stars for a very long time so that it could see that the stars were dimming in brightness in a periodic way that would be consistent with exoplanets orbiting these stars. After all, stars could vary in brightness for other reasons that have nothing to do with exoplanets. One of the disadvantages of this technique is that, to detect an exoplanet, the exoplanet has to pass directly between the Earth and the star that the exoplanet is orbiting. If the exoplanet's orbit looks tilted as seen from Earth, the exoplanet will not be seen. For Kepler to have found an exoplanet, the exoplanet also needed an orbital period that was shorter than the spacecraft's lifetime. Kepler was shut down in 2018, so if it was in another star system looking at our Sun, it would have found the Earth and the other inner planets all of which have orbital periods much shorter than eight years, but it would not have found any of the gas giants, which have much longer orbital periods. However, the key advantage that Kepler had was that it could easily monitor the brightness of lots and lots of stars all at once, 
so it was quite capable of finding exoplanets. At the time of this recording, Kepler data have been used to identify 2,778 confirmed exoplanets. So, like I indicated earlier, it was, in a way, partly correct to say an exoplanet was found orbiting Kepler-138. In fact, four exoplanets have been found orbiting Kepler-138. Three of those exoplanets were discovered within the first couple of years of the spacecraft's operation, and the first paper mentioning these three exoplanets was published in 2011. The fourth was discovered in an analysis published in 2023. These exoplanets have been given the uncreative designations Kepler-138 b, c, d, and e. For your information, a lot of my statistics about these exoplanets come from a paper published in 2023 by Carolyn Pioli et al. in the journal Nature Astronomy. Kepler-138 b is the innermost planet. Its orbit has a radius of 0.0753 astronomical units, or AU, where 1 AU is the radius of the Earth's orbit. And although Kepler-138b is closer to its host star than Mercury is to the Sun, Kepler-138b does not get as hot, although the surface temperature is still 108 degrees Celsius. The mass of Kepler-138b is 0.07 times the mass of the Earth, which would make it about the same mass as Mars. Kepler-138b also has a relatively low density of 1.7 grams per centimeter cubed. For context, the density of the Earth is about 5.5 grams per centimeter cubed. The low density of Kepler-138b may indicate that it contains a lot of water or some other type of volatile molecules, which would either have to be located underneath the planet's surface or which would form some sort of steamy atmosphere. Kepler-138c is the second planet in the system. The exoplanet's orbit has a radius of 0.0913 AU, which again places the exoplanet close to its host star, but the temperatures only reach about 140 degrees Celsius. It has a mass of about 2.3 times the mass of the Earth, and while it has a density of 3.6 grams per centimeter cubed, that density still seems low for a planet twice the size of Earth which implies that the planet has a lot of water or other low-density volatile molecules. However, the exoplanet's surface temperature is sufficiently high that the water and other stuff would potentially have to be buried underneath the surface of the planet or located within a thick atmosphere of steam. Kepler-138d is the third planet in the system. This is where things start to get interesting. This planet orbits at a distance of 0.129 AU, which in our solar system would be a really roasty place, but in a system with a red dwarf makes it nearly habitable. The average surface temperature is about 72 degrees Celsius, which is still a bit high, but not high enough to boil water. The mass is about 2.1 times the mass of the Earth, and the density is 3.6 grams per centimeter cubed, which again seems low for a planet larger than Earth. This combination of temperatures below boiling and low density indicate that Kepler-138d could be a planet with a lot of liquid water on its surface, 
which might form a deep ocean covering a solid core of rock and iron. It would be a water world, as described by Carolyn P. Lee. Of course, after using that phrase, we all have to think of the movie from the 1990s, but once we get past that, this is a truly amazing discovery. To me, it seems like the type of place that could host some form of aquatic life. It would literally be like something out of science fiction, except for the absence of Kevin Costner on the trimaran. Kepler-138e is the outermost planet in the system, or at least the outermost planet that we know about, and it is the only exoplanet that does not pass between us and the star Kepler-138. Its orbit appears to be tilted slightly compared to the other planets in the system. The existence of Kepler-138e was inferred by the fact that the orbits of the other planets could not be accurately modeled unless a fourth planet was included. Because Kepler-138e does not pass in front of the star, it was more difficult to measure the exoplanet's properties. However, it seems to have an orbital radius of about 0.180 AU, a mass of roughly 0.42 times the mass of the Earth, and most interestingly, a surface temperature of about 19 degrees Celsius, which may mean that Kepler-138e is also capable of supporting life. Overall, this is an exciting planetary system. After all, how many other astronomical objects can be described as water worlds? Okay, I don't know if referencing a high-budget 1990s action film with mixed reviews is the best thing to do. Maybe using the phrase Ocean Planet, which sounds like it could be a David Attenborough documentary series, would have been better. Still, the planets in this system have significantly changed our assumptions about the types of exoplanets that might be orbiting other stars. The location on the Earth's surface corresponding to the position of Kepler-138 in the sky is 50 kilometers off the coast of southern Maine in the United States. At this point, I could easily discuss how appropriate it is that a star system with an exoplanet-covered oceans corresponds to a location on Earth in the ocean. However, I wanted to also point out that when I was growing up, I lived about 65 to 70 kilometers away from this spot in Biddeford in southern Maine. So I guess I feel a little bit of personal connection to the location of the Earth's surface corresponding to Kepler-138. However, since this location is relatively far off the coast, it isn't a place that I've actually visited. The website for this podcast is www.randomastronomicalobject.com. You can visit the website to download episodes of the show, read information about the astronomical objects, view images of those astronomical objects, look up additional reference information, and send me random feedback, especially random feedback about Kevin Costner movies. The audio was recorded and edited by George Bendo. The music is Immersion by Sasha Endy at www.sasha-endy.de and the sound effects are from the Freesound Project at www.freesound.org. Thanks for listening. 